0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, August 20th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today with beat writer Lynn Worthy. So much happened in the team's doubleheader with the Cincinnati Reds on Wednesday, and we get through it all from another fantastic start by Brad Keller to Matt Harvey's debut in a Royals uniform to the status of Salvador Perez, who didn't play on Wednesday, and through Mike Moustakis' tribute by his former team. After a break, you'll hear from Royals manager Mike Matheny, and we're going to play another piece of audio for you. It's of Reds broadcaster Tom Brennan. You'll hear an apology for something he said on the air, a slur, when he didn't think the microphone was hot. Anyway, let's get started with Lynn Worthy. All right, Lynn, um, for a 14 innings worth of baseball on Wednesday, there was a lot going on between the Royals and the Reds. Um, I wanted to touch base with you to talk about a lot of topics, but let's let's start with the starting pitching for the Royals in both games. Um is, is Brad Keller going
1: to give up a run this season? You know, sooner or later it's bound to happen. It just doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> right? I 17 and two thirds innings now of not giving up anything and then for the first five uh you know on Wednesday, he didn't give up a hit, so he's um he's been in sort of cruise control. It looks like so far,
0: it's it's really um, he, he's really dazzling. It, his slider is 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 wonderful. Looks like he got a lot of his punch outs on sliders yesterday.
1: Yeah, and he talked earlier this year about that being one of the pitches that he worked on um, specifically, talking about punch outs, like that he felt like last year and years past he'd thrown it. Uh, with two strikes, but he'd really been bouncing it. It had been more of a waste pitch, and you know, guys weren't really offering. And it's something that he's worked at making it look more like, you know, strike to ball, where guys are swinging over the top of it, and you're getting guys, you know, it's a wipeout slider as opposed to just showing them something and wasting the pitch when you get two strikes on guys.
0: Right, and as you said, seventeen and two thirds uh, scoreless innings to start the season. I think that's the most by a Royals pitcher since. Was it Zach Greinke in 2009? And that was his Cy Young Award winning season, I believe. I believe I'm right about that. And uh, and he was hit. And, of course, hitless through threw five innings with the Reds. And I believe this was his second start against the Reds. So a lot of the success has come against the same team. But the Reds stacked the lineup yesterday, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they put a bunch of left-handed hitters in that lineup. And it was funny because Brad uh, mentioned it after the game. And I asked him, I said, so did you sort of take that as a challenge? As in, you know, like, okay, this is how we want to go about it. And um, <laughs> he he said, you know, he said, well, it was kind of hard not to notice. It was glaring when you look at the lineup. And I think if I remember right, it was six left-handed hitters and then a switch hitter. So basically seven guys in a nine-man lineup um, is what they threw at him. And, um, and uh, going into the game – I think, you know, like on-base percentage for left-handers was like 200 points higher than right-handers against Keller this year. But it didn't show on uh, Wednesday.
0: <laughs> no, no, it, no, he didn't. I mean, and then, look, I, I don't know if if a pitcher would take any more satisfaction out of a seven-inning or any less satisfaction out of a seven-inning complete game versus a nine-inning complete game. I suspect maybe they would a little bit. But he didn't get to finish it up. Trevor Rosenthal came in and, and, cl- and closed it down. Um so uh anyway, Brad Keller throwing the ball as well as any Royals pitcher, starting pitcher we we've seen in, in a little while. He is just um, he just lights out good. I guess his next start's gonna come against a twins team in this next series, would it not, if, if the rotation stays the way it is? Uh
1: most likely. I actually asked about that before the game because you know, you had this doubleheader But you also have an off day, so trying to figure out when Keller would throw next, and I didn't really get a a clear answer on that because, you know, anytime you have a doubleheader, you got two starters thrown on the same day, but you also have an off day, which means basically you just could give somebody an extra day of rest usually. Um, So uh, it remains to be seen. But I would assume, because Keller was supposed to throw on Tuesday, and that's the game that got wiped out. That he'd be good to go by for I think next Tuesday was as I did the math was the day that okay okay. Um, but again they didn't say for sure that that's what they're going to go with there Um, because by then uh, by then Junis could be eligible to come off the um, the IL too so I'm not sure how that's going to factor in
0: right right Um, okay so game two uh, was interesting as well with the Royals' debut of Matt Harvey. And there were some, you know, there were some moments for for Harvey in this game, and ultimately, n- not a great outing. I don't, I don't know how um, how he it, tell us how he felt about it after the game. He, he's a losing pitcher in a five nothing game. He gave up a couple of home runs, struck out four. Um, I saw where he got his fastball up to about ninety five, and of course, the velocity has been the concern for him as over the last couple of years, the decreasing velocity. How did he feel about his performance?
1: He felt, I mean, he felt pretty good just in terms of the way he felt, the way he was able to pitch. Um, he felt like he made two big mistakes, that being the uh, two home run balls because uh, he gave, you know, one home run was a solo and then uh, and one was a two-run homer. Um, and they both came in the span of three pitches. So he, he felt like those two were just, you know, he made two awful mistakes. But other than that, he felt like he, he performed pretty well considering, you know, this is a guy who, Um, last year, uh, he felt like he was out of whack mechanically. He got, you know, he went, uh, from, uh, pitching for the angels and having some okay outings to, um, you know, one of those being in Kansas city and then going to, you know, being in Oakland's minor league system and, and pitching in relief. I believe it was in the minors and then having all this time since the end of last season where he wasn't, there was no, he had no team. He was, he was just, you know. Anybody could have had in my Harvard, he was out in the street, you know, up until the Royals signed him in late July after, you know, the actual regular season had started this year is when they made that signing. Um, so he and he's talked about really doing some work to sort of almost retool his mechanics because he felt like what they had him doing with the Angels was different than the way he'd thrown it. So he'd gone back, uh, even actually gone back to working with his father, who was his high school coach on just throwing the way he used to throw again. Um, so he felt like it was a, is a good step with two big mistakes, uh, in the middle of that. Okay. Um, so what,
0: what do you think the Royals are thinking for him going forward? What's, what's going to be his role?
1: I would think that it's, I mean, they haven't said this, but I I would think that bullpen might be the ideal place for him where you still got some, uh, I mean, like you've got the, the top end of that bullpen, or I should say the back end of that bullpen, the, the high leverage guys are pretty solid. But then there's, you know, the, the the meat of that bullpen when you're throwing in some of these other guys, whether it's Gabe Spire who got thrown in there last night and actually got optioned after the game. Um, you know, there's there's some some question marks there. There's some um, instability, I would say, or inconsistency there. I mean, the Jake Newberry will show you some, some really good stuff one time and then get hit around a little bit. The next time um, we've seen Kennedy have his ups and downs and um, been using an opener role, but also been used in high leverage. So uh, I think there's, you know, there's a few guys with question marks. I mean, you know, you had Glenn Sparkman in there earlier in the year, obviously he's injured, but I mean, like there's, there's guys in that bullpen to start the season when you had a larger bullpen too, but um, that you had some question marks about, which means that there's, there's room for improvement in that bullpen. And I think that he might be one of those guys that they look at as a, he can give you some short outings. He can potentially give you some length depending on what role you want to use him in. Um, I, I had asked uh, Dayton Moore last week before we knew Harvey was coming up um, just about what they saw for him. And they felt like, you know, he could be potentially, you know, depth as a starter, but also a bullpen guy. Um, so I think that's probably where the more immediate need is, especially if, you know, Junis is able to come back here pretty soon. Um, and even if you look at last night, I mean, it's his first outing, but I mean, the first two innings were really good. And then the third inning, he started facing the lineup a second time around, and that's when he gave up those home runs. Right, his uh, his four strikeouts
0: um, were impressive. Fastballs kind of up in the zone, and guys look. I think the first three of the four were uh, strikeouts looking uh, on uh, fastballs. So, um, you know, I, I guess, and I look. I guess the whole uh, twenty fifteen World Series thing has is, is, has run out. Right, the, the, he got to address that last year when he pitched against the Royals as a member of the Angels, and um, nothing, you know. The, you know, the, the, the pivotal game five, of course, in, in 2015 was in New York, not in Kauffman Stadium. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, the, the, all those questions have been asked and answered, I guess, with, with Matt Harvey.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, he he even mentioned that, you know, um, one, I mean, for him, the memory is being pitched in the World Series and obviously it didn't go the way he wanted to. But, I mean, like, to have gotten to a World Series and have been, you know, the guy in the World Series, I think that's something that, he wants to remember, you know, um, as fondly as you can for having, you know, lost the World Series. But uh, I don't think it's a it's a dread or anything like that uh, for him to um, have been. And now being with the Royals, he actually talked about how the atmosphere and when you know you actually had fans in the building back in those days. Um, <laughs> the, just talking <laughs> about the atmosphere and the fans and the and the excitement in Kansas City. Um, so I think, if anything, he looks at that as you know. Uh, um, a a seminal moment just in terms of what uh, he's done as a baseball player and not so much a uh, – you know, something that's a knock against him. Um, and he even went on – I mean, just in general, he talked about just being glad to be back in baseball because, you know, uh, like I said, he was – anybody could add Matt Harvey and um didn't sound as though there was a whole lot of takers until the, the Royals came uh, knocking. So, um, yeah, I don't think the – the 2015 sits with him as a as a bad thing at this point. I think he's just trying to get uh, get back into baseball and and show that he's got some value.
0: He was uh, he was the game one starter as well in the 2015 World Series and was on his way to get the victory until Familia gave up the home run to Alex Gordon in the ninth. So, sent the game the next Rennings. All right, uh, let's let's a couple other things about um, you know, uh, of, of recent news uh, just. The fact that Mike Moustakis, uh returned to Kauffman Stadium—he he did not play against the Royals when the Royals were in Cincinnati earlier, um, but he was in the lineup and got one of the hits off of a uh, of Keller yesterday. But um, a little uh, n- nice tribute from the Royals uh, to Mike Moustakis, uh who, you know, who who left Kansas City in, in um, really good graces and much appreciation for what uh, Mike the you know, the Mike, Mike Moustakas did for this organization. It just seemed like Mustakas was um, ready to return, the you know, the good feelings and good vibes that, um, you know, that, that he got from here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even uh, he didn't play in that series in Cincinnati because he was on the uh, injured list, but he did do a, um, a Zoom call. And right. during that call, he was, you know, he was glowing about um, in his praise of, Royal, former Royals, his experience with the Royals, talking about Alex Gordon being one of the guys that he looked up to as far as how to be a professional. Um, and then he talked more, um, you know, before the game uh, yesterday about um, just how much it uh, – how important it was or how great it was to sort of uh, have this feeling of a place that was so important to him in his career and his life and to feel that he was important to them as well. Um, and just to be able to be back and even though there's not fans there to be able to see and he started listing, you know, whether it's Dayton or, you know, Dayton's um, you know, assistant Emily or Scott Sharp, assistant GM, Lonnie Goldberg, Scouting Director, all these people that he, you know, just like meant something to him, even though he's not, you know, able to see fans. And then obviously the guys that he's, you know, I think there was a video clip of him and Gordo talking before the game. And um, so yeah, I think it was it was a moment that, you know, it would have been Cool to see fans there. Um, they did put together the video tribute on the board before the game, and. Royals players. I mean, and some of those guys played with him. Some of them guys, you know, don't really know him, just know that he was with the Royals and obviously what his legacy was, but um, gave him, uh, you know, applause as did some of his own teammates in, the, uh, in his dugout before the game. So it was cool to see that even without the fans, and like that's usually the thing everybody says, oh, what sort of reaction do you think you're going to get from the fans? Um, there was no reaction from the fans, but it was still a moment that was, you know, worth recognizing that he felt was special. And obviously the organization wanted to recognize.
0: Of course, Moose left Kansas City. He was the um, the Royals' record holder for home runs in the season with 38, and then of course, that uh, record was obliterated last year by Jorge Soler with his 48 home runs. Um, let's talk about Soler for a second. Is is he coming out of this uh, this kind of slump he was in? Boy, he was. He had a streak of strikeouts going, um, but he had like five straight games of at least three punch outs. And uh, but he but he's homered since then, and maybe got another base hit. And is he
1: looking better at the plate? He's he's if, if nothing else, he's making contact because that was the right. thing. Strikeouts were just it was a whole lot of swing and a miss, a whole lot of just you know taking a look at the third strike and go have a seat. Um, yesterday, he had a double to drove drove in the first run of the game uh, in the game they won. Um, he had the, um, another single that was sort of looped in there. Um, so there's signs that he's starting to come out of it. I think one of the games the other day, uh, after he had a bunch of strikeouts, he actually came out and I think he was swinging it early in the count. And, you know, it just seemed like he was for a stretch there. He was just off in terms of, he was looking for, it seemed like he was looking for a pitch that wasn't there and then he wasn't for the, looking for the pitches that were there that you know you feel like whoa that was the one to hit so it seemed like he was just off for a stretch there there but um and Mike had talked about them too coming back home and being able to get some early work in and and getting guys going on like you know the um basically the, the breaking ball machine and just getting out there and and getting guys back into the swing of things and um he thought that would help so- Uh, definitely a certain number of guys, Soler being one of them uh, because, you know, they were on the road for that stretch and then you have an extra day off. So um, we'll see if, you know, maybe being back in coffin, you don't really hear that too often that that being back in coffin is going to help a a slugger get (laughs) get back on track, but we'll see if that helps or, you know. um, But, yeah, it it looked at least – it looked better, at least at points last night um, in in the way he was approaching those bats.
0: right. Okay, hey, and, and finally, what about uh, Salvador Perez? He he didn't play yesterday. Um, blurred vision—is that what I saw? What's 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 going on with Salvi?
1: Yeah, he um, he's experienced some blurred vision in his left eye. Um, they said it was just a, a buildup of fluid um, that you know it was nothing nothing serious. It should go away on its own. And they were talking to he saw he's seen a, a pair of specialists at this point. One he um, talked to while they were on the road in. Um, uh, Minnesota and then the other uh, after they got back to Kansas city uh, and it was both the same thing. That's not anything serious. It's not as far as we know, it's not the sign of anything else. It's just a matter of he's got a little bit of fluid and it's making it hard to see. It's that, you know, that left eye. So hitting sometimes can make it uh, makes it difficult for him to get a real read on the ball. Um, and then obviously behind the plate. So it's um, he tried playing with it one game Um and he was having trouble with the with the vision against so they decided to pull him out and then now they're they're basically trying to wait and see. They think it could be just a few days. They haven't put him on the IL yet. I think it's they're considering whether or not to do it, but at the same time they feel like if it's something you can get done uh, or get him back out there in like 7 days as opposed to the 10 days on the IL, then they want the extra 3 days. I think that's, you know, basically their approach they're taking right now. Like they want those extra 3 days of him playing as opposed to having this have him sit. So that's you know, where they're at with that right now. He's day-to-day as far as his availability.
0: Okay. As you said, Lynn, off date today for the Royals. And then, uh, on, on, on Friday, they start their, I believe 19th series against the Minnesota twins this season, uh, <laughs> for three, <laughs> a lot of twins and, and reds in the Royals, uh, recent, uh, weeks here, but, uh, Hey, it's great catching up with you. Thanks for the updates. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have some sound from the Royals' doubleheader yesterday. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns And as always, thanks for listening. That was Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. Here's what Royals manager Mike Matheny had to say after Brad Keller's start in the first game on Wednesday. Remember, the Royals were between games here. Matt Harvey had yet to make his start.
2: He was he was special. And um, I think he got into a rhythm where his breaking ball was just as good as uh, his fastball was. He had his fastball going Towards both sides of the plate, he had a cutting at times. He had a good sink when he needed it. Got his double plays. Guys played well behind him. Monty with a couple really nice plays, um, and then uh, he, he wasn't afraid to, to even go to that changeup. Got a strikeout with it, and uh, in a pretty against a very tough hitter actually. So he um, he just keeps kind of building some confidence in, in all the different pitches instead of just trying to overpower guys. I thought the breaking ball had some awkward swings at it all day, and. Um, he uh, he felt really confident with it and was able to throw it in uh, in all counts and just um, that's a that's a great job when we needed that. Obviously, as you start looking into a, a doubleheader, to have your, your guy guys just about finish the whole thing for you. Andy and Solaire seem to be in the middle of everything offensively. Say that again. I'm sorry. Solaire, Mondesi seem to be in the middle of most offensively. Yeah. Yeah, and um. Just a, a couple good, really good at-bats uh, by Soler to give himself, just, you know, driving the ball to the left field line, um, just some confidence to find the barrel, and same with Mondi, and then once he gets on base, making things happen again. And... Uh, Just amazing when he gets on what happens, whether it's the stolen base, the dirt ball read again, and then to pull the infield in or a contact play happens. And the defense has to think, I've got to be as quick as I possibly can, which then forces a play to give Witt a chance to get the ball through the infield. And, um, you know, he just needs to to keep doing that. We talked about this before the game. Uh, Mindy, you've got a chance with your skill set to change every single one of these games maybe even without getting a hit just keep doing what you're doing and the hits are going to come unfortunately able to squeeze one in there and a couple for Soler is, is certainly a great shot in the arm for him like i know we've talked about brad before but do you sometimes have to remind yourself like this guy's 25 years old and he, he's doing this at, a, at the consistency that he is yeah we, we do forget um how, how young he is one because he's and he's the guy who took the ball first game last year. You got a guy who's who's wore that that badge of honor of being the ace of your staff. and Then he goes out there and leads by example, one and how he does the work, and obviously how he how he's competing. But uh, it it is uh, it's fun to watch a, a guy who who thrives on those situations. He, he wants to be the guy on the mound. Uh, he wants to be uh, the one to set the tone for the rest of the group, and, and hopefully it just continues to create that. That, that, that great internal competition, with a, it's a healthy competition for all of our pitchers to kind of take the previous start. All right, now watch this. If that's the case, uh, Matt Harvey's got his hands full after that one because that was uh, some kind of a display of, of, of quality pitching by Brad.
0: That was Royals manager Mike Matheny after the first game of the doubleheader against the Reds. It was during that game that Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman made a mistake that could cost him his job. He didn't know he was on the air when he used a homophobic slur. It was during the second game that Brenneman made the apology and asked for forgiveness. You'll hear that here. And about 10 seconds in, Brenneman also calls a Reds home run. Myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck, for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am Uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that... uh, to can back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welch, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals. You can find his Royals coverage on KansasCity.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands. and still a good one. 30 bucks. For a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition, there's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage that come with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account dot kansas city dot com slash subscribe that's account dot kansas city dot com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening we'll be back on friday with another episode